0: Hello, and welcome back to the Women's Soccer Podcast. I am your host, Liam Greco, but you may know me better as LDG. In today's episode, we will be looking over at the off-seasons that six of the NWSL's current teams have had so far, highlighting the side's moves, transfers, and so much more. Be sure to turn in for the whole episode if you want to hear your favorite team reigning on the West Coast or the Western side of the country. Angel City FC made their first ever player off exp- appearance this season, but that will not derail them from striving for even more next year after a disappointing performance in their quarterfinal against the rain. Angel City FC has shown many signs of improvement in looking towards the future, with Teen Twinning and Betrayal being highlighted throughout the offseason so far. One of the most dramatic offseasons currently in the NWSL. Angel City FC has brought in players who will become fan favorites from years to come and lost players in the most heartbreaking ways. Starting with tween, team and t- Teen Twinning, that's a tongue twister right there, Giselle Thompson from Harvard Westlake High followed her sister Alyssa's path to becoming professional early. Um, by joining Angel City FC for the U18 mechanism. If she had waited a day later to sign, she would have had to go enter for the NWSL draft and most likely get the dra- drafted as the number one pick to Utah. Instead, she signs a six-figure contract, putting her up, up up on the highest earners of the NWSL without even playing a game at the collegiate level. Giselle is a player who has excelled for the youth national teams, and she is someone who Angel City is going to integrate at a slower pace as she will learn from the veteran leadership and experience that fellow players in the back line such as Sarah Gordon and Ali Riley, will have to offer a player who could play in the sixth role a role that Angel City struggled in for the majority of last season but I believe she'll play in a fullback role as Amandine Henry excelled in the few matches that she played with Angel City after being signed from Paris and France um or sorry Olympic Lyonnais um Henri is a player who can really control the ball and I think Giselle could learn under her really well especially in a team where fullbacks and Angel City are really attacking-minded with players like Tyler Lucy who in their um, first season was their main fullback she really loved to get up the pitch and make an effort to get into the box and get to the touchline and play balls into the box Giselle will be a a picture perfect fit into an Angel City system which has struggled in the past but also I see has so much potential to continue to excel after having a very disappointing beginning of the season Becky Tweed's magic turned this team around and I think that Giselle will provide as light towards the future as Giselle and Alyssa continue to be the star sisters that this franchise will look towards for years to come. However, with star future, with star young players, starlets, as some may say, comes the loss of some of the fan favorites. Savannah McCaskill betrayed Angel City FC fans by switching over to San Diego Wave, their arch rivals for the free agency mechanism. McCaskill, the team's top goal scorer this year, was someone who many Angel City fans were not fond of, oddly, even though she was a player who was a heavy contributor. I will say, McCaskill deserves so much more than the way that the Angel City fans treated her. Um, and although Angel City fans, I do respect their incredible vocal fan base that is makes an amazing atmosphere for any opponent to play in and it's very rough, I think McCaskill is disrespected there, quite frankly. I think that she did not get the respect that she deserved, considering she was the team's top goal scorer, I believe, in both years. So McCaskill deserves to have a much better front line to play with, and I think that interchangeably with a player like Jaden Shaw and Alex Morgan, should really fit into the Wave system under a coach like Casey Stoney, which really loves building out of the middle that in that system that the Wave play, and I think that being able to supply balls to Cairo Carusa, Alex Morgan, Jaden Shaw, and now Elise Bennett, my will fit beautifully into the system of the Wave, and we'll talk about that a little bit more later. Scarlett Combreros, someone we'll talk about in the BFC episode coming up soon, will be a player that Angel City Swirling misses, a fan favorite, one that is beloved for the Angel City franchise, lost in the expansion draft mechanism with a pre-draft trade. there, who loves to get to the touchline, loves to make those 1v1 challenges that many of Angel City's fullbacks made, which is why she was such a perfect fit in their system. And in a ticky taka system, like the one that Bay FC is going to play, Combreros will be a perfect fit, as she'll be a player who will really be able to build off of the midfielders such as Alex Gueira that Bay FC possesses and be able to get wide, put herself in 1v1 situations, and win them. Also, less notably, but Angel City lost Kelsey Hill and Mackenzie Pluck, two young players who they got um, this season to the waiver wire after re- releasing them. And if you look at Angel City's roster, an area where I really feel like they need to build is that 10 net attacking midfield role. McCaskill occupied it quite well, but I don't think that they're going to have someone who fits in there perfectly um, immediately as a replacement on the squad. I think Endo could play there well. But I think especially if Cambrero's leaving, Endo is going to really need to be a, that player who can fit in much um, of a similar role to what Cambrero has played in the latter parts of the season, which saw Angel City be so successful. I think that Endo's a player who loves to take on players 1v1, which is why she'd be such a good 10. But I think they're going to need her at Y, which is why I think Angel City should make a last effort to go after Rose Lavelle, a player who is the star of the U.S. women's national team. We should have so much recognition as she carries the team week in and week out. She dominated Gotham's defense, made them embarrassed, quite frankly, Speaking, even speaking from a Gotham fan the final, tore their defense apart one by one and made it look so easy. And I think for a team like Angel City who lacks any creativity in the final third when players like Endo aren't on the pitch, we really need to see a player like Lavelle come in and stabilize the midfield. And with a midfield of Lavelle, Henry, and someone else who will perhaps will come in and slide in there, I think that would be an amazing midfield for Angel City to work around and granted Angel City's midfield line is not one to be disrespected they have plenty of talent which goes across that line of the pitch I think it's more of a fact with McCaskill leaving who's a player who really was very creative for them and really was able to get in in behind and make those runs and be someone who could dominate in the box I think it's kind of sad to see her go but I think that if you bring in a player like Roosevelt, who can really take on those defenders 1v1, who's a little bit more explosive than a player like McCaskill, that would be amazing. And you could have players like Emsley drop into that midfield role. I could see players like Henry, who would be a good six option. Katie Johnson, Clarice LeBion. Is, there's so many various options that this Angel City midfield could use. Even just Sel Thompson, who we talked about, could move up there. They have Danny Weatherholt on this roster. I think it really just shows the fact that the Angels ladies midfield is so strong but another wave's mildly uneventful offseason has seen star turn from gold to blue as mccaskill headed across southern california to join her former team's rivals the wave for reasons i talked about previously mccaskill is a picture perfect fit in the wave system she'll be able to drop back and receive and play passes out wide to their incredible wingers such as kyra carusa Sophia Yakimson, Jaden Shaw, etc., etc. Um, and I think that McCaskill would just be a really good fit there. And I really could see her fitting into the system of being able to drop and receive, and also playing balls out to fullbacks is something that I think she's really good at and also someone who's not afraid to pull the trigger to shoot and when they, she gets into the 18 yard box or around it you can have full expectation that she will be unleashing a deadly shot that would will cause any goalkeeper plenty of trouble. A player like Elise Ben is someone who really will fit in to what Casey Stoney has built in other teams like that she's played on such as Manchester United Bennett reminds me a lot of Alessia Russo, someone who can get into the box, make make incredible runs, and really play off super well of her wingers um, wide play with her aerial presence. Bennett again reminds me of Alessia Russo in the fact that she could always drop a rounded fender and receive uh, on the ground but also someone who's not afraid to go in for a header and that's something that as a striker is incredibly important and someone as tall as Bennett such a big figure in the six, in the 18-yard box is someone who every single defense has to keep an eye on and you can even look at the play that happened in the final Bennett caused so much trouble because of her height and being able to get in there and someone who essentially almost gave the rain a gave, she gave the rain a golden chance to take that title back and even though it didn't work out a player like bennett is going to be someone who's would be soup a super great substitute right off the bench for a player like alex morgan especially if morgan is enduring limited minutes If with the olympics in mind they have lost a few defenders though kaylee real is going out to the utah royals for expansion draft protection um the royals I think are going to be really good on defensive terms. I think that with adding players like Kate Del Fava, we'll talk about her later, and Real. Real is someone who should definitely be a starting center back. If you look at the 14 teams, she's most definitely in the top 28 center backs in the league. She just happens to be on a roster where she has the two best center backs in the country um, in Germa and Dahlkemper. So, she didn't get as many minutes but she's someone who's proven her talents at expansion teams before with the wave with louisville and i think that's something that you can never really trade and being an expansion team is really hard but doing it for the third time will give the royals almost a veteran experience and someone who's done this before and give younger players a direction as this royals team expects to be quite young real is a player who loves to distribute is really good at her feet and with a goalkeeper like Mandy Hot, who we've seen on Gotham, is also someone who loves to play out of the back, will be a perfect fit into that defensive line, and she'll be able to, p- to s- supply fullbacks such as Fava, or play the ball more centrally and find her midfielders like Michaela Clef, Frankie Ferry, and etc. I think, yeah, it's going to be a good fit for her, and I'm happy to see her get more playing time. Mia Giao is someone who's leaving the... Um, San Diego Wave, unfortunately, did the waiver wire. Um, For the Wave side, I really think that they need to build on their fullbacks. I think that's a side of the chair, like Madison Pogarsh, who has a wicked left foot from those aerial crosses and really loves to supply balls into the box for players like Morgan. Um, It's really going to be hard for them, and I think the Pogarsh and Westfall combination is something that's really worked for this Wave team and I think it's been really fun to watch those fullbacks really get at it down that sign line and really be able to provide service and I think fullbacks always been a position that I've like kind of had in headlines for the Wave to really take a look at and ask themselves um how are we gonna you know change it up here and I perhaps add some more uh prowess there, especially with Westfall also being a free agent. We could see her and Pogarsh definitely going to Utah. The wave is really going to need to add a better presence there going into the 2024 season. The Reigns offseason has been extremely uneventful with mostly re-signings, but it marks the end of an era for a team that's been headlined for its entire duration by a player of Megan Rapinoe's quality, and losing Rapinoe is really going to harm the rain, but also losing players like Lavelle and Sonnet, rumored to go to Gotham, would be such a blow for this rain side, and It's not like they're just losing the experienced U.S. players. They've also lost so many incredible young players like Bennett to the Wave, Alyssa Melanson to Bay FC, and Angelina to the Pride. The Reign really, I think, honestly, this is going to be a really short segment because there's not much to talk about. They've secured a few good young players, but I think you really need to see a rebuild year next year. I think this should be a year where you can get to have players like Fishlock lead your side, Um, and I think they could either rely on that or they could try and bring in some international players using their olympic Lyon uh connections that they have with the same miller ownership groups you might as well use it as it lasts knowing that that club that the olympic Lyonnais is going to be sold um their connection won't be same as the rain are getting sold away from the olympic Lyonnais um franchise so i think use that connection A like a so many times they've won the Champions League, and I think the Rain really need to add some talent on this roster that's looking very bare for a side that we always know and expect to be competing for championships. And it's not one position in, in particular. I think it should either be trading out a lot of your star players, or you know maybe looking towards. Europe to get some more talent, and South America, and Africa, and Asia, and really just adding some more, perhaps young talent, but also veterans to the squad to make them a competitive team for 2024. Before I move on to talking about the Houston Dash's monumental signing of keeping Maria Sanchez for a record deal. I wanted to give a shout out um, and start this new tradition on the podcast of shouting out the city who has had the best listenership for the last few weeks. So, without further ado, this will be the first one. In every episode, we will be shouting out the city that's in first place. So, here we go. Our first city that's number one. It's Edem from Belgium. Um, congratulations, a city of. A population of about 22,000 people for my research it's incredible to see the listenership there and I thank you so much and I apologize for my improper pronunciation I promise I actually practiced it before it didn't sound great um but yeah thank you so much for your support and if you want your city to be on top continue to support tell all your friends to listen in and yeah every month or every episode we'll be doing this and stay open for prizes on our social media at the women's soccer podcast and follow us over there while you're at it and be, be sure to follow us here to make sure you don't miss any episodes and that your city will be on top of that leaderboard now in the future so for now I guess th- congratulations to a gym of Belgium and let's get right back into talking about the dash so the dash is a team that I think has really been one that has seen lots of talent. Um, talented squads that have really not succeeded and I think keeping Maria Sanchez on the roster when she's been rumored to go back to Tigres in Mexico and showing how Tigres can pay players quite well as you saw Tembi Catalan go over there for over half a million dollars annually um it really shows how the Dash were able to compete with Tigres and even though Tigres probably could have paid more for the dash it shows how Maria is prioritizing the future of her career rather than going back to playing her club soccer in Mexico I think Maria is a push and I think she's someone who they would really struggle to have a system that orients without her because she is the system of the team points in the match and there's almost times where you feel like she just like takes the team on her back and really tries to find as much talent on the pitch as possible and when you have players like Diana Ordoñez that's a player who you're often going to be finding with a, a foot of the quality of Maria Sanchez's foot and I think the Dash's offense was really stagnant last year only scoring um half a goal a game I believe so I really think they need to see some change there on that point of view, but I think that Sanchez re-signing is a good thing. A bad thing, however, is the amount of players that have departed from the dash, and a bunch of players leaving on the waiver wire, such as Ella Derek, Macame, Gomera Stevens, Devin Kerr, Lindsay Jennings, and... Multiple players moving to the expansion teams through the expansion draft: with Joel Anderson moving to BFC, Cameron Tucker moving to Utah, Caprice Dadasca moving to BFC through free agency, and last but not least, Vigiano using her free agency to move along Louisville. A long list there. A team that's lost a lot. I think we need to see some an in influx of talent coming in. Um, Bella Breedy was signed through that odd getting Sierra and gay back to San Diego trade. Um, which is nice because the dash picked up essentially 10 grand and a quality midfielder that's as still as a high ceiling and breedy, but um, replacing the number of players in the talent is going to be hard. Anderson's a player who really grew into the, the dash side, became a core starter, and then bam, she's gone to BFC. Tucker's a player who I've always been so fond of, um, really talented, loves to get at defenders 1v1 really just not afraid to go right down the middle at the defense and I think watching her on Gotham I've met her a few times after matches as well and on various teams she's just such a young talented player who deserves game time and I think Utah's the best chance of her getting that at a consistent rate Vigiano and Didasco are players who just need a new challenge I think the dash is really I, to be honest, a very boring team to play on, I would presume, especially for a lot like Vigiano, who loves to play transitional midfield play. The dash's whole thing is just stopping other teams from scoring. They don't score themselves. And I think it's really nice to see a new coach come in and try and fix that because it was awful washing the dash last year. I mean, it was unwashable, practically. The quality on the pitch was quite poor. Um, their defense, their whole job was just to, like, kick it out um poor dash fans because they really need a change. I think it was really sad watching the dash team last year. They couldn't score and they have so much talent as well. It was really disappointing and I think a new coach in Fran Alonzo will really need to have to utilize that talent much better if the team wants to have a much better season and I think um as a bystander facing the dash, it was always a game that you would not want to play. And it's not for a good reason. It's because you know that their team would just have such a boring style of football and they would never be able to clear the ball out and actually do something with it. It was just unwatchable. And I think they Dash need to be much better this year, not just at pleasing their audiences on the pitch, but also at winning football matches. And I think that's something that they really didn't do last season. And they had a lot of bad draws. Um, And that win against Gotham was just awful um from gotham and i think it really shows you how bad the dash were um transitionally last season and they need some players that could do that i think they need a little more firepower on defense i think i'd love to see a player like bianca st george come in and she's someone who's super fast down that right wing and she'd be a great fullback for that team someone who could like push up the pitch and replace Didasco. um as she has departed to the BFC, you know, make the game a little funner. Um, and that's not a word, but point being is allow players like Diana Ordonez to do what they do best, to get aerial service and to finish. And I think there was a few games, the one against Louisville really stood out to me, where the Dash executed their game plan well. They got a simple one nil win, but we need to see more of that. We need to have more of those one nil wins. We know not going to be the most exciting team in the world. They're not going to score a lot of goals, but they need to have more goals. You can't win soc- football matches, soccer matches, whatever you want to say, without scoring goals. And I think that's been a real problem for the Stash side the entire season. So that's something that really needs to change on their part. And that could change through a new influx of talent, a new influx of coaching stuff, which is already even done, and a new structure that the team will play on in the 2024 season. The Thorns were a team that I think is in a similar position to the dash at least in the beginning of the off season. They haven't brought in anyone at all and they've lost so much talent and I think um they're kind of just waving at all their players leaving in silence without bringing anyone new in. And I think you really need to see an influx of talent after the defense last year was appalling for a side of the Thorns. It was not a Thorns-level team. I think every fan watching can agree with that. And I think even if statistically their defense was fine, that's not what the Portland Thorns should be. They should never be fine in any category. Their offense had so much firepower. But their defense was really poor. And I think the game against Gotham, I was kind of shocked at how bad they were in the off season. And um, they need to improve. I think the playoffs really showed that the end of the regular season showed that the beginning of the regular season showed that their defense looked slow they looked lazy they wouldn't make the pass that they needed to make and i don't think that's on their part i think it's on the part of the system that the thorns have influenced i think that their coach really just made no good use out of all their talent and i think i know it's sometimes immoral to direct all blames to the coach but in this situation i think it's evident the foreign system was really lackluster this season I mean how do you go from having such a star power roster and winning a championship and dominating to a similar roster granted in the next year and just being bad I think overall is the simplest way to put it I think it wasn't necessarily that they were um like playing last place like Kansas City was they weren't playing that bad football but I think I mean, the Angel City performance really just says it all. That mediocre 5-1 loss, um, I think Angel City fans were very shocked and so was the rest of the NWSL because the Thorns have always been known as this dominant team and I think losing all these players that they're going to lose, Crystal Dunn announced she's leaving for free agency, Vaskin, Salos, Bedford, went to the Royals, Menges, went to BFC, um, Ricky Sevick and... Natalie Beckman on the waiver wire now there's a lot of players coming out and there needs to be more coming in and I think from the form's perspective I wouldn't say it needs to be as drastic of a rebuild um as like a the typical rebuild is like lose now and get draft picks and accumulate this sense of future oriented side but I think there needs to be some overseas signings I think there needs to be more dynamic presence in the um, tr- transfer market, I think January is going to be a really big month for them, like it will be for their arch-rivals of the Reign. Um, Karina LeBlanc really needs to make a stamp on this off season and really show the foreign side, and the fans especially, that they can get behind this team again and see this team thrive in the biggest games. And I think when you look at the teams that have won the titles for the foreigns, it's even just looking right back at that 2022 team, they had grit. They never gave up. They were always incredible. Like, they never made mistakes. They were perfect every single match. And that is the expectation for a team like the Thorns. There's an expectation for any player that puts on that crest because that crest is so sacred in the world of the NWSL football. And I think the fact that the Thorns have played so pathetically um, for their standards the last year really shows the need of change. And I think a new coach might be something that they would look to change for. I wouldn't go suit there drastically because I think Mike Norris has been bad. He's just been fine. But I think... There needs to be some overseas signings, there needs to be a change in personnel, and that needs to happen fast if the Fords want to show their discipline on the pitch, and I think they need to show a sense of style-oriented football that can really win them championships and do what they've done in the past, which is stick to their game plan and do it so well that other teams stand no chance, and they're going to do that by getting a new style and signing players in the transfer window and free agency, however they want for all I care, to implement that style as soon as possible, leading into 2020. The last team I'll talk about today, just like they finished in last place in the 2023 regular season, Kansas City Current. Um, I have a lot of things I could say about this team. Bad is one of them, just a very basic terminology or phrase that I think just sums up this entire season from the current, I think. Um they really need to change. I wasn't thinking as drastic as trading away your two best young players to the expansion teams um, Well, you could have just lost some bench player, but I think there needs to be some change. Their team was full of injuries the whole year. There needs to be an influx of young talent, which they've already done, bringing in Claire Hudden, Alex P- P- Um, and I think that is really important, but it's really sad to see players like Luara Del Fava players that have so much potential such high ceilings future national teamers both of them in my opinion just get traded away when you could have lost a player much worse than that um in the expansion draft those are two star players who would have been two of the first people on my protected lists if i'm kansas city up there with tabinia and um alexis spantra uh but i think yeah losing players like chardonnay Curran, rylan childers jenna weinbrenner Croak Soto, those are decent players, and just losing them to the wave of for free feels like just cutting them off your roster, at least try and trade them, give them another option, you know, get something back for them in return if you're trying to generate resources for the offseason. Um I think, yeah, also losing Addison Merrick, a player who will be going into an expansion team environment which I think from that perspective is great for Utah a player who's already done this before again with Louisville something that is so undervalued and not really cared now enough as much as it should be um uh and I think yeah have and then losing Sam I think that was inevitable you know unfortunately biggest fan as any but with all the injuries it just makes sense not to to re-sign her um for another season but I think for me to look at this side, I think the back line is quite solid. You have players like Hayley Mace who can step in at a fullback role, Lauren um, Steen, Bellinger is someone who just signed for that side. I don't know, I'm or someone I put in there, but she's out. Gabriella Robinson, Izzy Rodriguez, you know, that's a very good core that they have in the back line, and I think they really need to start um, implementing that core as like more consistently with players like Hannah Gloss coming back from injury that'll be something nice to see but I think if you look at their side they're quite solid in all the areas I mean you could see a midfield next season of Di Bernardo, Gatra, and Davinia, which is the midfield that I think a lot of te- players were hoping for and do they a lot of fans were hoping for but with all the injuries that this team went through I think it just didn't really work out this year but they need to reset they need to pause they need to keep using these young players, I think it would be a waste, honestly, to implement too many new things into the side. With Flatco coming in and bringing in these teenage players, I think this team will be a really fun young team. I don't think they should stress too much on adding so many other players. I think it's really odd that they traded away their third pick as well. Talk about adding more um, odd trade, odd thick like, assets that they gave away in that draft. The pick is something that really confused me and many current fans. um Seeing many other teams getting away with just giving away backup players, uh, the it was just odd. I think for me, and I think they really could have used that number three pick to bring in a future star of this franchise and build a, her, that player. Who that player would have been at least around Claire and Alex, um, Alex Payfer. But I think. I really just don't see a super glaring hole in the side I think just bringing in more young quality I think a nine a true nine is someone I think this team really needs they tried, you know Dabinia played Dabinia plays everywhere but I think Dabinia kind of played a false nine in some games at least when they had the ball and then she would drop back I think players like Hamilton and Kaiser are good but I think they need someone who's just like a poacher and is going to get in there and finish. And I think that you could add someone like that. I think the defense was a problem, but they added some players like um, Steen Belinger and Lauren from the European transfer window or from the transfer window abroad. So I think that's an area that's been filled. But I think, yeah, for the current, you know, it's only up from here, as they say. And, you know, you can not they can't get any worse than they were. Last season, I think that would be quite hard, but I think I just really need to see um, from the current just a more complete team that really played well together. I think the injury bug hopefully will be cured from their part, and Vlatko will be able to go in there and implement his own system. And you know, I have m- had many vocal episodes against Vlatko, but he's done well at club level to be fair. And I think the current is going to use him and his experience as a coach and try and craft something that will be able to bring them back up to the NWSL championship at least where they were the that game in 2022 when they lost to the Florence and I think this really needs to start from keeping the young identity not rushing too much to get there but you know focusing more on the future and focusing more on the 5 to 10 years when you have so much young talent like the current does it felt odd for them to trade so many players away that could have been part of that but you need to leave that behind you and you need to create a nucleus that will be the core thank you so much for listening to episode 53 of the women's soccer podcast be sure to give a five star review to this episode if you're listening on certain platforms and follow us to make sure you don't miss a single piece of content that we produce here at the women's soccer podcast and follow us over on instagram at the women's soccer podcast with um underscores uh in between each word Uh, the underscore line the underscore dash we'll call it um but thank you so much for listening to this episode i'm so excited to be back on the mic and don't worry we'll be doing a part two with the other six teams and parts three and four the two new expansion teams coming up right this week thanks so much for listening in i'm your host liam greco or ldg and i'll say peace out and have a wonderful holiday weekend Bye. See you next episode.